0: Hey guys, you're listening to Coffee with a Side of Crime, and I'm your host, Courtney D. In today's episode, we will review the disappearance, then turned murder investigation of Patrick Mullins from Bradentown, Florida. But as per usual, let's talk about my drink of the day. It is freezing in North Carolina. I don't think this is normal for down here. I could be wrong. I am a transplant to the state and this temperature is not my cup of tea. No pun intended. But again, it's freezing It's literally 32 degrees. And I think per science that is freezing temperatures. Um, so I typically do a cold blend, cold brew, frap type of drink. But in honor of this wonderfully, terribly cold weather that might I add, I would be okay with if it was snowing and it's this cold because then the kid in me is excited but anywho back to reality it's just cold outside therefore i'm drinking a tall honey almond flat white um drink from starbucks that's literally it it's a um coffee essentially uh versus my again traditional cold brew frap blends it's I need to be warm. Um, I didn't add too much to it. I kind of typically like it as is. If you do decide to try this and place an order um, again, I did a tall just because it is like pure coffee. It's not too much in it um, and I don't need a lot of caffeine. caffeine, Caffeine? Yeah, I don't need a lot of coffee, caffeine. Um, so, yeah. So if you again place the order uh, this is a tall honey almond milk, flat white. Um, you can tell them you can you can switch out the milk if you like, if you want. Two uh, percent oat milk. You can switch that out. Esteemed hot. Um, and again, it's the honey almond milk. So I just have um, I think they maybe do three or four pumps of the honey blend as a sweetener. And then I have two shots of Ristretto. Ristretto okay say that with me ristretto r-i-s-t-r-e-t-t-o what exactly that is i have no idea but because of it i'm assuming it helps makes the drink taste better maybe even worse depends on who you are but yes guys that's my drink today and we spent entirely too much time on that so order it don't order it try it mix and match it and make it your own everything will be greatly appreciated if you like it, if not, I'm sorry. So today, like I previously stated, we're going to talk about the initial disappearance turned murder investigation for uh, Patrick Mullins out of Florida. Now, this information I got for this episode was mainly from um, an episode of Unsolved Mysteries on uh, Netflix uh, season three um, if you're interested in watching the Netflix episode but I did think uh, the information that was in the Netflix episode versus internet information I have found Netflix of course was way more detailed probably because of the platform and who they spoke to. Um, In that episode, they spoke to uh, Pat's wife, Jill. One of his sons spoke to his uh, brother. I believe the brother's name is Gray. Um, The family had hired a private investigator to look into the disappearance, then turned murder. Um, So, yeah, we can just go ahead and get right into it. So this took place um, in January of 2013 January 27th to be exact of 2013 um, and it starts out where uh, Pat Mullins remains were found tied to a 25 pound anchor in four feet of water off of Emerson Point Florida um, so to paint a picture they lived in a section of florida obviously florida has a lot of water surrounding it but they lived in a section where their backyard literally was a river so the entire community had boats they didn't have big boats or yachts or anything but they had like little boats um and pat's boat in particular is called the stump knocker uh which basically is a a small boat uh his son miles stated that they would you know take this boat out and go on trips like in the river that's their house is off of essentially and go mullet fishing I'm not a fisher it's not anything I do or something I would like to get into but it did seem like it meant a lot to Miles so at least seeing him say it and then smile it was kind of like he must have had a good thought of something that happened or the many times he was out on the stump knocker with his dad. So again, it's not a huge boat, um, just enough to get them through, you know, the river when they're fishing. If they're just going out for a nice little, I guess, boat ride in the evening. Um, Yeah, it wasn't anything too big based on the photos uh, that they show the Netflix. And even when I searched it myself, I said, okay, it is a pretty small boat or stump knocker to be exact the autopsy confirmed that patrick mullins died from a shotgun blast to the head and the manatee county sheriff's office called his death a suicide so i i noticed quickly when i was watching it that the actual manner of death nobody can pinpoint um after his body was found uh one one person interviewed uh, in the episode stated that the amount of blood that he would have lost from a shotgun wound to the head uh, would have ultimately attracted all types of water creatures um, just because of one blood in the ocean. And she says something to the effect of, not just sharks and you know the animals we think of can be attracted to this she said we're in Florida there's alligators um, there's countless of other animals in you know the rivers that obviously goes out to bigger rivers which connect to the ocean so she's like realistically you it could be a lot of anything in the river but his body had no type of uh, issues or scars or anything that That something had, you know, possibly tried to eat at him or something. So that kind of set like with me because my first thought was he wasn't in the water, though, the entire time uh, he's been missing up until his body was found, because there would have been a lot more damage essentially to his body based on the type of elements in the water. So that was my initial first thought was that there's going to be way more to this story and I'm going to watch it and then I'm going to do more research so we can talk about it. Um, yeah, it's crazy. So just a a backstory on, uh, Pat Mullins. He was a high school teacher, I'm sorry, high school librarian at Palmetto High School. on january 27 2013 was the day that he went missing um again with his boat going out on the braden river which his house is uh connected to um his boat was found two days later but obviously because it started out as a slight missing persons case there was no one on board um No IDs, no cell phone, no anything, but everything that he would have took with him if he were to go fishing. So they said there were fishing equipment, it was a hat, a pair of sunglasses, Uh, and his wife Jill had stated that although it was 2013, he wasn't a person that was attached to his cell phone. So it wasn't uncommon for him to leave his home without the cell phone, which I feel like depending on your age demographic even in today's time you may not be glued to your cell phone like let's say the younger generation is you know some of us can do stuff and function and focus without being attached to our cell phones right some of us not all of us but some of us um so again the boat was found two days later so that was january 29th the boat was found In addition to seven days after the bolt was discovered, Pat's body was found floating in four feet of water with the 25 pound anchor um, tied to a piece of rope. And again, they were saying that he had a shotgun blast to the head. Now, at one point, there's a theory. There's multiple theories in this, which to me is like, a lot in itself because whenever one there's a missing person that then turns into a murder and it looks really weird that they even try to throw suicide in there it's like what exactly is the scenario and clearly nobody has any clear-cut final answers because unfortunately pat mullins is deceased so he obviously cannot answer questions for us but according to the manatee county sheriff's office they declared his death a suicide. Now, the medical examiner could not find any definitive clues on Pat's body, or merely uh, indicative of the scene. So, the scene was literally his body tied to an anchor in in the river. There was his boat wasn't around. There was no other people around. The guy that found him was literally just on a boat ride also and just on a whim like that could be a body. Let me get closer. And it was a body. Um. So, yeah, the whole thing was very weird from the beginning. So <sighs> I don't know, guys, this is a it's going to be a lot to unpack here. Um. They say up until the moment he went missing Uh, Pat appeared to live a pretty happy, happy, stable life uh, with his wife, Jill, um, whose first name is actually Leslie, and her middle name is Jill, but she prefers Jill. I actually like the name Leslie, but whatever makes you comfortable, Jill. Um, So according to Leslie Jill, uh, he had no known enemies um, who would actually want to harm him, um, which I think says a lot, because most of us don't have... Known enemies that would want to harm us. You may have enemies, but anything that would like cause you to make someone want to unalive you, that's not me. Like I don't. I hope I don't make people want to do that. Um. So yeah, in a nutshell, nobody wanted to kill him, and his wife wholeheartedly believes that he would not have committed suicide. Reason being, um, their youngest son was. In college finishing his undergrad oldest son was already done with school had his career and apparently Pat was really excited about being a grandfather now they never stated if the oldest son was married and was expecting a kid or just expecting a kid in general or just a general Pat knowing that his kids are getting older and the potential of being a grandfather is somewhere on the horizon Um, Either way, she said that he just had way more things to be excited about and look forward to that he talked about that essentially him committing suicide just didn't make sense. Now, it was revealed that the rope had been tied around his waist, but not his hands or feet, which technically could have been something that he could have done himself because I mean, if you're going to bind yourself you can't bind your own hands and put duck yeah you can put duct tape on your mouth but you can't tie your own rope on yourself to force yourself to drown after you shot yourself with a shotgun yeah that, that to me that rules out towards it. because that just confused me saying it out loud so manatee sheriff is saying it was a suicide but his hands weren't tied but the angle at which he shot himself in the face with a shotgun according to the private investigator was almost impossible in the amount of blood that would have splattered because he allegedly was sitting on the edge of the boat which He had already dropped the anchor into the water. There would have been blood splatter inside the boat and possibly on the ledge of the boat and there was none. If any of that made sense to you, thanks for following because it confused me saying it out loud, even though I've played it back in my head, but the whole scenario is very much giving not possible. But... Again, that's one theory, and that's what the Manatee County Sheriff's Uh Department has ruled Pat to death a suicide. Now, Pat had a uh neighbor, and there is some speculation that Pat's family friend and neighbor, neighbor Damon Cresswood, could have been involved or connected to Pat's death. Damon met Gray, who is Patrick's brother, uh, in about the late 1980s, early 1990s, and he wasn't super close to Pat, so his reaction to Pat's death kind of, you know, raised a little speculation of sort, like, how are you so distraught by this passing of someone that you you knew but you didn't know and it was more so because you were close friends or acquaintances with the brother now I have friends that I'm close to and if something were to happen to their siblings I honestly don't believe I would be distraught for myself versus feeling terrible that my friend is going through this like passing of a sibling But the way Damon was acting, it was almost giving, I know what happened, but I can't tell you guys, because if I tell you guys, I'm either incriminating myself or someone else who was involved, right? It's pretty sketchy. So according to another family friend, uh, Dr. Mark Sylvester, he claimed that Damon was a sweetheart. He was just a likable, dependable, admirable guy. But after Pat's disappearance, his behavior quickly became markedly different, end quote. So family friends are noticing red flags. Like, why are you moving around the way you're moving during the disappearance of this man that you're not really close to? it's giving a lot of conspiracy and a lot of thoughts that i could have but i'm just going to leave them for now and they may come out later whatever we'll we'll get there when will get there so gray which is pat's brother um alleges that damon would randomly break out into tears and then uncontrollably sobbing end quote while pat's wife jill revealed Damon told her he would go and look out along the Manatee River and cry and sob for hours. So now you've been seen crying in front of the brother and told the wife that you would just randomly cry. But why? Why are you just randomly crying? And again, I understand some people have more empathy for situations than others. Some people are empaths like they you know they pull all the energy that someone else is going through so if he's around the family during this time of need i guess he would feel their energy their hurt their sorrow their pain their confusion but it's given a little guilty also so according to another friend this man's name is stephen covey he said and i quote Damon was just kind of off the rails uh he said he was constantly asking if something happened would you still be my friend can I count on you to be there uh none of us really knew exactly why he was asking this according to Stephen Covey. so after Pat to death Damon is alleged to have started started abusing um I believe it was uh meth um Actually, I'm pretty certain it was meth because I wrote it down in my notes. Um, so yeah, he started um, taking drugs, uh, meth being his drug of choice, and he also had a mental breakdown every January after. So, literally, every anniversary month and not even the date, but the month he would go into these mental breakdowns and kind of just spiral out and then snap back to whatever he was into before that but initially it would just be you know oh it's you know january's here it's coming it's here what do i do in spiral and go on his meth binge allegedly um and just not being a good place um so according to gray and miles uh they had a family barbecue cookout memorial situation uh memorial day weekend and of course damon was invited and damon had a dog and he went to tie this rope around the dog to essentially it painted the pictures they were going to go on a walk um, and maybe he didn't have a leash. It said rope. It, so I'm like, OK, he they're, you know, in whatever part of Florida and Bradenton and, you know, he's going to use a rope to take his dog on the leash. It's not conventional. But if that's what you have that uh, take his dog on the leash, take his dog on a walk. Uh, but again, it's not conventional. But if that's how you, you know, take your animals on a walk, so be it. They were watching him. One put a rope on a dog when in 2013, you again you could have gotten a leash. But what drew the rest of the party goers in even more was at this point they had all basically uh saw the photos or had been described the photos of Pat's body, so they knew how the rope was tied on Pat's body. Um And even Miles, Pat's son had said when they did uh, find the boat, there was like things that he noticed and he he couldn't pinpoint why he would need to keep this information, but he would keep this information, uh, things that he noticed on the boat, on the outside of the boat, certain things that were uh, on the inside of the boat. For example, um, the engine was on, but it was on idle and the gas had run out so he said just immediately his first thought was my dad being the person he was most likely tried to maybe help someone and you know put the boat on idle trying to assist and you know again other stuff that he was like you know i just kept in my head for whatever reason so now let's jump back to the memorial day party situation Damon ties this rope around himself and red flags go up with miles red flags go up with jill red flags go up with gray like the way you're tying that rope around your waist looks really familiar to how the rope was tied around my dad in miles's uh situation so uh they kind of just asked him about it and brushed it off and you know Oh, you know, it's not a big deal. Uh, I just tied the rope like this. Nah, it's, you know, it's a, a fisherman thing. We all tie like this. So Miles said he thought it was, um, interesting. But then things started to fall into place. Damon had a boat. Damon's boat had red paint on it. There was no paint on Pat's boat. Like the boat was, was white. The bottom was that, uh, silver gray for you know just the stump knocker like it wasn't a fancy you know little boat but there was a strip of red paint on it so now Miles is like wait a minute he has a boat that has a lot of red in it and the way you're tying this rope around yourself it looks very similar to how the rope was tied around my dad we may have a problem um so they told the police the police went to damon damon refused to let them test the paint and that was that uh, unfortunately four years after uh, Pat's to death damon had passed away uh, from what is believed to be a drug overdose so, one would speculate that whatever happened, he may have had something to do with it and it just got too much for him to bear, or another may speculate he just had a really bad drug addiction that ultimately killed him. Either way, uh, both are pretty bad. So, uh, Damon had a daughter, and after his death, uh, you know, the the Mullins family wasn't just going to let this case just, you know, go or potentially be closed. So they asked the police um, if they could basically ask Damon's daughter, because now she's in possession of the boat. If uh, she would have if she would give permission rather to have the paint on the boat tested. And she did. She didn't hesitate. She gave the OK and they did. So they test the the paint on the boat. And to everybody's surprise, it's a match. The paint on Damon's boat matches the paint that was possibly rubbed off. They think maybe during some sort of an accident um, that ended up on Pat Mullen's stump knocker. So now everybody's red flags and antennas are like, Did Damon have something to do with this? But again, they only got permission to check the boat because Damon had passed and his daughter said, okay. But they hit another roadblock. You see, the police basically said, we don't make the paint, nor do we know who makes the paint. So I can't tell you... If this is the same red paint that's on Damon's boat or if it's the same red paint that's on some random person's boat so it got nowhere nowhere it it gave them hope and it, it gave them nothing so basically what we gathered is there was no reason or motive determined for a possible murder of The police still have it listed as a suicide. Um, And then they also at one point had an option of a homicide because of, I guess, the manner in which he would have had to shoot himself with a shotgun. Um, And again, with a private investigator saying that the amount of blood that would have been lost and the way his body looked. They basically came to the conclusion that when he hadn't been in uh, the water the entire nine or 10 days. So then there was speculation that he was taken somewhere, shot somewhere, bound elsewhere, um, kept there and then thrown in the river, possibly from another boat and had his boat pulled to... Um, a bigger uh, the manatee i think it was the manatee river it was close to like it was no longer the braden river where the boat was basically made for because it was only about four or five feet of water so it wasn't a, a, a deep river um now another thing was the family thought they got another break so this uh the manatee river it has a bridge and in Florida, a lot of their bridges—if not all of their bridges—that are over bodies of water, they, you know, lift up so the bigger boats can get through. So in in these locations, um, most of the bridges have cameras. So the police were brought in, and they were like, "Hey, this bridge has a camera on it. We can go back, you know, to these days to find out." If either he actually came here, if he was helping somebody get to this channel, if somebody was smuggling drugs and he thought they needed assistance with something and saw something and they shot him. So basically, in a nutshell, every speculation that they had, they were like, we're going to use this video to get an answer. And the family, of course, is like, yes, this is exactly what we need we'll get some sort of closure. We'll be able to see what happens. So the police go to uh, get the video and download it to the computer. Well, the IT officer that they used apparently downloaded a corrupted file. So when he downloaded or she downloaded this corrupted file, it couldn't be fixed. It was basically destroyed. And of course, that was the only file that they had of the footage. Was this intentional? I don't know. But I did think it was pretty interesting. Because who didn't possibly want this footage to be seen? Furthermore, could this not just be watched at, I don't know, the station where the security footage is held for the bridges? Because I feel like... It is a public safety situation. So what in the county or maybe even the city have somewhere like manning these security cameras where they're watching them in real time and not just playing them back just in case something happens? Um yeah, I had a few questions, but again, unfortunately the file was corrupted. So another highlight. Uh, in the case that the family thought they, they were going to have and nothing. Um, so at this moment, per the Manatee County Sheriff's um, Office, the actual manner of death was determined to be undetermined because of the factors in the possibility of a homicide versus a suicide. Um, And again, there was no real outcome with testing the paint of the boat because I guess maybe they didn't have the resources to go into a deeper dive with that. But the worst case is they don't have closure. Like they have closure, but they don't. Like they don't know what happened to him. Yes, there's many cases where Not only do families not know what happened to their loved one that then, you know, is missing, possibly became murdered or just missing and and hasn't been found in 20 plus years. There's no closure because you don't know what happened. You don't know if they're alive. You don't know there if there was a body. There's none of that. But at least in this case, uh, the Mullins family was able to have a, you know, proper service for Pat but still with the questions of, but how did we get here? And I think that's the worst case in true crime shows that you really don't have any answers because all your questions are unanswered. Who would do this? Why would they want to do this? Did you do something? Was there something that you saw? Was Were you involved? And then obviously there's speculation. Now, one thought that I personally had in I don't care about anyone's sexual preference or whatever. But the minute I heard watching the episode that Damon wasn't really close to Pat, but then the breakdown he had after, whether he killed that man or not, for whatever reason, it's almost giving love triangle. Because one, Jill said that He would randomly go out, you know, and and take the boat out. That wasn't uncommon. But she also stated because of how early they have to get up during the week, the only time they really stay up late or do anything outside of their normal schedule would typically be a Friday night or anything they would do Saturday because she said they treated their Sundays as if it were a work day, because, you know, you go to work on Monday. So she said by typically seven o'clock, no matter where they were at, what they were doing at seven o'clock, they were already in the house, probably starting their, you know, wind down nightly routine process. But when he wasn't back and I'm like, who else would know that he's not out later than the norm? Besides maybe this guy, Damon. I don't know the whole thing is it's weird because like I said the speculation is always going to be there because there is no clear cut this is what happened this is what didn't happen because again Damon's not alive to say his side and then there's no other witnesses there's no other uh Suspects. There was nothing. They didn't even have a suspect, honestly. I can't even say there was no other suspect. Damon looked like he would have been the closest thing to a suspect. But again, it's still hearsay and speculation. But again, me personally, I think that's the my turn of it all, which is my favorite segment, is where I get to put my spin on whatever I've uncovered and whatever I think it is. And I honestly feel like there was something going on, whether people agree with it or not. Again, this is why people have opinions, because it's mine. You can you can disagree with it. But again, this is my opinion because nothing else makes sense. Like you're going to you're going to tell me somebody who I know through somebody else is missing that I had nothing to do with that later was found dead. That after the passing of Damon, now there's, like, a connection possibly with the paint. And there's a million reasons, right, why there would be paint. Maybe at some point in time, a year and a half prior, they were out with the boats and, you know, the boats got too close and it wasn't a big deal. It could be super minor, but the fact that Damon didn't want to have the paint tested, that was a red flag, Um And the fact the police, the police were a little weird to me, too. So there's nothing else you can do with the paint. So why even test the paint if you weren't going to be able to give an actual answer? Besides, yeah, it's it's a a match for the color and the type of paint. But we don't make paint. So we can't tell you what brand it was. So then call the people who made the boat. It was simple but they stopped their investigation right there because if it were me doing my own private investigation that is not with anybody's law enforcement but if it were me okay so I don't work at Lowe's or Home Depot or any mom and pop store where I could get paint from but I can find out who makes the the boat give them a call see if they know what type of paint was used on whatever year making model of Damon's boat was to at minimum roll out his uh investigation because I would rather roll out someone and just have them be like a teeter tottering suspect of a list of suspects that I really don't have like the whole thing is again very odd um I did also find in the episode that The police asked uh, Leslie Jill, which is Pat's wife, you know, were they having any marital issues? Um, was he, was he wanting out of the relationship? Did they own a gun? Uh, what type of things was he into? And she said, like, initially, what does this have to do with me telling you my husband is missing? Like it's pretty late at night he's on the stump knocker it's dark out there i know he doesn't have the right equipment to be out this late and he would have been back by now from the true crime stuff that i've uh done my share of research on and even just watching you know reenactment shows or you know shows like svu or just law and order in general because why not um There are these questions that as a person that's in the situation, you can see why these people get frustrated. What does my husband being missing have to do with us possibly having marital issues? When to a detective, they're like, well, if he was planning on leaving you or if you were planning on leaving him and there's money issues that are going along with this. We've seen it a million times with spouses killing another spouse for the insurance policy or, you know, amounts of money or some sort of inheritance or whatever. So it's not far-fetched. But when you're in the moment, I completely understand the why are you asking me these questions. Um, But she says she obviously got through it. I don't get any vibes, at least from the show, that Jill had anything to do uh, with his disappearance I just I don't think it was her I don't think it was the son I don't think it was the brother I don't think it was anyone else I honestly don't even think it was Damon I just think it's a weird coincidence that Damon then started to spiral which I may stick with my speculation of some sort of love triangle which maybe could somehow throw Jill in here but nonetheless again I I don't think it was Damon but This was our case this week, guys. It was um, very interesting. Uh, Again, if you want to watch this episode in detail, it is um, season three, episode three titled Body in the Bay, uh, which I don't know who comes up with these titles for Unsolved Mysteries, but that the title was like uh, eye opening. So I was like, where's this going? Um, fun fact, I actually found out about this case from me needing a little break from my regular uh, nine to five job and scrolling on TikTok. Um, and, nope, I'm sorry. That's not when I saw this one. I saw this one when I literally was on TikTok, but I wasn't working. I was just, I think, watching TV. And a lady had, had posted it and she said it was her brother. Um, so I was expecting to see her in the episode oddly enough unless she just wanted to bring attention to the episode and maybe she knew the family because they never stated that Pat Mullins had a sister they just only focused on his brother but that's not to say he didn't have any other siblings because again they only really talked to Miles which was the youngest of his two sons the older son didn't make an appearance on the show at all um, but yeah guys that's the episode um, hope you enjoyed it. I'm not too sure what you could enjoy about uh, a missing person's case turned murdered. Unless you're like me, you just enjoy true crime and you like the investigative side of it and investigative reporting and the details. Because that's why I do it. For whatever reason, this stuff interests me, but not enough for me to be in law enforcement. But much respect to all our Law enforcement and military families greatly appreciate everything you do. But yeah, we're done for today. Like I said, I threw in my opinion already. Um, there was not too much for me to not be nice about because this one uh, is pretty cut and dry. If you listen to the Quentin Simon episode, um, still waiting on an update for anything with that as far as a body as far as uh any charges anything new in general i again will definitely keep everyone posted on that information because again that episode holds a special place in my heart just because this little boy possibly was murdered for no apparent reason um but yeah guys again i'm your host courtney d You've been listening to Coffee with a Side of Crime. Have a great week.